Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a story about a series of murders and disappearances that happened in a small town in the winter of 2000, previously in a new winter. I heard the chants of people outside. I was back in the tower, then outside the tower, floating, then falling through the tower, through the floor, into the eternal darkness. Then, as I fell, I could see I was falling into a light, and the last words I could hear were very faint, but as clear as anything. Doctor. A female voice was saying from the light, "Doctor, something's happening." This is episode thirty-seven of a new winter, and the beginning of series three. I opened my eyes. My vision was blurry. I could hear some kind of electronic beeps and a few murmurs in hushed tones, and in front of me, a light bulb just hanging from the ceiling. I tilted my head to one side. The room was completely dark, save for that one light, and there was someone, someone looking over me. I closed my eyes again. It just hurt to keep them open, but I listened intently. I tried to hear what was being said, but all I could make out was a male and a female voice quietly arguing with one another. I heard footsteps, someone marching out of the room. Hello, the male voice said. I rolled my head to the other side and opened my eyes. There was a blurry face looking back at me. This is Dr. Carver, the voice said. Can you hear me? Nod if you can. I nodded, but even that little movement seemed to exhaust me. What happened? Good, good. You're in a hospital. You had an accident. You understand. You fell from rather a great height. Your legs are broken, and we fear. Well, we fear you're paralysed from the waist down. I felt my heart beat faster. I was panicking. Paralysed? I tried moving my legs. I turned all my attention towards my feet, and well, there they were. Both of them in casts. Shit. They weren't moving. I started to hyperventilate. Calm down, calm down," said Dr. Carver. 
You're in good hands here. We'll make sure that you're back to full health. Then, we'll move on to your legs. But for now, I need you to rest. You have a lot of broken bones. The fall really did a number on you. I felt nauseous. And as he muttered on, I tried not to be sick. I could feel it at the back of my throat, burning me. But I couldn't say anything. I mean, I could barely breathe. And then, quickly, I passed out. I woke up. And I could see the light bulb once again, just hanging, lonely, from the ceiling above me. This time, I was able to focus. I felt slightly stronger in myself now. In fact, I could move my head a bit more. As I looked down across my body, I could see my arms were completely bruised. They looked a deep purple. They were lying on top of a white blanket that was covering me. My legs were no longer in a cast by the looks of it. And I whipped open the covers, and there they were. My legs. Bruised again. But they did not look broken. They just looked like my legs. And then, when I tried to move them, the shock hit me. No matter what I did, they just wouldn't move. Dr. Carver was right. I was paralysed. I leaned back and took a few deep breaths. Remember what he said, just get better, and then focus on walking again. I looked around the room, it was a dull, dirty white. There didn't seem to be much else here. A chair and a table at one side of the room. And a small, metallic cabinet at the other. And then the door. There was a small window at the top, at head height. But it made me feel closed in, and then I realised... There weren't any other windows. In fact, it was like I was in a prison cell. Hello, I shouted. I pushed myself up so I was sitting up and I I shouted louder. Hello, Dr Carver? Anyone? Just then I saw a face against the window. It was a pretty young lady. She actually looked wide-eyed and friendly. Hello, can you help? I want to know what's happening. I'm so thirsty. Can I at least have some water? The woman disappeared for a second, then came back, unlocked the door and entered. Wait, I said. Why am I locked in here? Oh, standard practice here, I'm afraid, the nurse said. We can't just have patients running around. Well, I don't seem to be doing much of that now, do I? I laid back down, annoyed. The nurse laughed. (laughs) No, I guess not. If this is a hospital, I said then why are the patients being locked up? I've never heard of such a thing. Well, this isn't any old hospital, dear, she said. St. Michael's. It's for people with... psychiatric problems. Excuse me? I don't have any such problems, I'm afraid. The nurse took a deep sigh. Look, you have to explain it to Dr. Carver. I hear some water and sip it slowly. Sipped at the water and it did make me feel better somewhat. When can I speak to Dr. Carver, then? Oh, he'll be making his rounds at seven, like he always does. She then went to leave the room. I looked around for a clock, but I couldn't see one. Well, what's the time now, then? And she didn't stop, she just kept walking. Wait, I just want to know the time. I don't even know if it's day or night. Please. But the door closed, and I heard the key turn in the lock. I was trapped. I looked around, not even a TV, nothing. What the hell was I supposed to do? Just sit here? The nurse was right, this wasn't any old hospital. In fact, this frightened the hell out of me. 
What made it even more unbearable was the absolute silence. Was there anyone else even around? What was outside that door? I tried moving my legs again, but no luck. Fuck, I couldn't believe it. What had happened? I was in the tower, I remember that. Speaking to Robert and Kate was there. And we were being chased. And then things started going strange. Like I was a robot malfunctioning or something. How long ago was that anyway? I stayed awake for hours. Not through like a trying to sleep, but my brain was just racing. It's going through the events of what happened, trying to make sense of it. And then I heard the door unlock. It was the nurse pushing a wheelchair along. Time for you to have a bath and meet the others, I think, she said. The nurse helped me up, sat me on the chair. All I had on was my gown, and I felt vulnerable and weak. The sensation of moving and having no control of my legs was just horrible. I made an effort to try and be observant. I just needed to get a grasp of what was happening here. As I was wheeled out the door, I could see I was a room along a corridor of other rooms, all of them deathly quiet. So are there others in these rooms? I asked. The nurse was suddenly taken aback. Others? What do you mean? Other, other people? Patients? Oh, well, you know, yeah. But don't worry about them. They keep themselves. As we went past the rooms, I tried to listen intently or watch out for any signs of life, but nothing. Creep me out. Why aren't I in a normal hospital? I asked. Well, the nurse said, you just need special assistance, let's say. You can't just go to a normal hospital. Look, I don't understand why I can't, though. Well, you need to speak to Dr Carver about that. Yes, so you keep saying, I muttered to myself. After a few more turns around the empty, quiet corridors, still with no windows, we came to a room with a freestanding bath already filled. The nurse helped me in. I'd lost even more weight, if that was even possible, so it made me feel even more emasculated as she, rather easily in fact, lifted me into the tub. As I sank in, it felt warm, and she washed me thoroughly, and, as if it wasn't humiliating enough, she washed me everywhere. I was wearing some kind of adult nappy, it seemed, and I felt defeated. I looked around this makeshift bathroom. Everything I could see around the hospital looked dated, not necessarily dirty, just old and tired. As soon as I was washed, and in complete silence, I was dressed into some clean clothes, a set of loose white cotton pyjamas, and a clean, clean adult nappy. I was wheeled along another corridor, except now there was noise. In fact, there was lots of noise. It seemed like a riot was almost happening, but the nurse seemed nonplussed. As we got closer to the source of the noise, I could hear muffled screams and sobs, shouting, laughing. And as we happened upon a set of double doors, I knew that what lay behind them was this chorus of insane horrors. The nurse opened up the doors in front of us to reveal a large hall, again, no windows, but just a few light bulbs swinging from the ceiling. The corners of the room were pitch black, little whimpers emanating from them from the depths of these shadows, from whatever poor soul was lurking in that darkness. No one paid any attention to me as I was wheeled into the room. You're here now, the nurse said. Yes, obviously, I remarked. But where exactly is here? This is our social room. You're here to make friends. <sighs> Thanks. 
The nurse walked off, a rather dumb smile plastered over her stupid face, and I wheeled myself forward. Scattered around the room were a few sofas and tables, and they were clearly worn and suitably stained with God knows what. Then there were the other patients. There seemed to be around twelve that I could see at least, differing ages, but all male from what it looked like. They looked haggard, glassy-eyed, and some of them were scratching, others laughing, a few crying, some shouting or just muttering to themselves. They wore the same white pyjamas as I, but theirs was more yellow, stained and, I don't know, crusty. It made me feel slightly nauseous. Would I become one of these patients? How long am I even to stay here? I didn't particularly want to socialise with these guys, but as I looked around the room... So there was nothing else to do. Absolutely nothing. I mean, no games, no TV, not even a pencil or paper. Next to the double doors were two black men in pristine white orderly outfits. They were muttering amongst themselves. Excuse me, I said, which got no reaction. Excuse me, I said louder. And they both turned around. Um, hi, yeah, what... What the hell am I supposed to do here? I mean, haven't you even got, like... I don't know, chess or something? They both laughed. You're playing chess now, the one on the left said. Just talk amongst yourselves. You ain't getting nothing that you can turn into a weapon or whatever you freaks do. You won't be here long anyway, don't worry. And they both laughed again. What does that mean? I asked. Then as they continued laughing, I wheeled closer. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, hold on now. Don't be misbehaving in here. You don't want us telling the doctor now, do you? Why, what's he going to do? I asked. Send me to my bed. (laughs) It's pathetic. And I wheeled into the middle of the room. Curled up on the sofa. There was a man. Skinny man. In his seventies or so. Long white hair. And a beard. All of it was thinning. His skin was yellow. And it sagged off his bones. He looked like he hadn't seen daylight or even had a hot meal for years. He was moving less than the others and looked, dare I say it, relaxed. I tried to meet his gaze. Hello? I spoke gently, as if approaching a small bird. Are you okay? And as I looked closely, I realised the man looked familiar. Very familiar. He slowly sat up, coughed, and looked me dead in the eye void of any emotion and there in front of me sat Mr Tooley if you enjoy the show please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice for more info including how you can support the show please visit anewwinter.com thank you for listening to A New Winter ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Guy Raz, and on my show, Wisdom from the Top, I talk with CEOs and business leaders about the toughest challenges of their careers. There's lots of ways to measure success. Sometimes a company has to bet against itself. We wanted to set ourselves apart by having a point of view. Businesses really impact people's lives in pretty fundamental ways. 
On Wisdom from the Top, some of the greatest business leaders of our time share their intimate stories of leadership, innovation, and transformation. Stories you won't hear anywhere else. Check out Wisdom from the Top only on Luminary. Now, back to your show. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Acast.com. 